Oh, that's cool. I, I well, I've still got a bit of fajita left, but I'm recording now on my phone. And in addition to that, I've got the M- well, I've had the MP3 Skype recorder going all this time. Great, that'll be uh, a nice outtake to rinse the, the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes of yeah, silence. Most suckers with fajitas. <laughs> We're ma'am. We are embezzling the shit out of those those gullible fools. The rubes. The, yeah, exactly. The pay pigs. <laughs> They've fallen for our cunning plan. Yeah. Guys, hope you're out there listening. Yeah, we appreciate it. <laughs> here I am. Yeah. Our fans are out there suffering, and I'm just here, like, stuffing my face with the heater. It's terrible. The heater's just frothy biscuits, really. <laughs> <laughs> you heard of frothy coffee? They'd give me a well. They're just going to be a plate normally. <laughs> Broth with a handle. <laughs> Biscuits, though, um, are considered by some, namely Andy Burnham, to be two of a kind of southern metropolitan elite, effete kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, is, that, is that real? <laughs> yeah. No, that is actually real, isn't it? <laughs> Unless I've been tricked. What, you, you won't have biscuits? Well... Maybe he will sometimes, but he said in his mum's night q and I'm not really a big biscuit person. I prefer just some chips and gravy. <laughs> right? Right, because that's, that's the main choice. Shall I have some biscuits or some not, chips and gravy, you know? I remember that. Was that when he ran as leader? Yeah, it was, I think. Yeah. Has he confused it with, like, American biscuits, where they call scones biscuits? <laughs> a scones not salt of the earth. No, but uh, America has no, these, like savoury ones, you know. They're, they're quite uh, <laughs> they're, they're seen as like a, a lower class thing compared with here, where it's like a posh thing you have with a mug of tea, you know. Scones are alright, you know. Ooh. They're not. That, I prefer a straight up biscuit, obviously, being a salt of the earth type myself. But you know, <laughs> scones, scones aren't too bad. <laughs> Got a scone, cheese scones are where it's at. Mm. Oh yeah, interesting. I was thinking of just the kind of the ones that are like. You know, they're kind of plain, and it is just sort of like, well, what is this even for? It's just, I guess the upper class is just pretending to like this stuff. But it is not, it's not bad, it's, it's alright, you know. Like, I'll take one. <laughs> if there's one going. You guys got any scones? <laughs> uh, again, to, to, our, to our valued Patreon listeners, if you want to stick a, a scone in the mail, or a, a sealed pack of scones <laughs> to Jack, he'll, he'll appreciate it. If we've got any scone manufacturers, any any major bakers out there, you know, wanting to to buy some advertising time on on future podcasts, we will continue <laughs> to to shoehorn talk about scones for five minutes for no reason whatsoever into our episodes, and it's it's going to be this seamless every time. Well, here here's a fucking thing. Here's a boring thing. One of the things that makes Britain such an insufferable country. One of the eternal debates of our society is it scone or scone. Because judging from the past few minutes, I think we all seem to be in agreement that it's scone. It's scone, yeah. 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 I mean, everywhere. I've, I live in Scotland at the moment. I've spent most of my time in the southwest of England, and all my family are from Wales, and everywhere there is just scone. You would get basically beaten if you called it a scone and you weren't taking the piss out of posh people. Sounds ridiculous. You see, like, I, you well, know, I don't have say a scone, scone, please, mother. If, like, if I don't call it a yeah. scone, then that shows that there's even elements of, like, the, the debased middle classes who just won't touch 
scone with a, a, a barge pole, you know. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, to, be, to clarify, I would touch a scone uh, with, you know, just normally with my hand, provided there wasn't coronavirus on it. But but not just this, that terrible, that terrible uh, mispronunciation. No, no way. That was getting into Owen Smith territory there. Mm, I love to eat a scone with my... Uh, with my hands and mouth, like a normal <laughs> person. Like a normal man. <laughs> what do they call them in America? Uh, biscuits. Biscuits. Okay. All right. Yeah. There, there we go. That was how we got here, wasn't it? Um, love, love to, love to chew on a scone and then swallow it. Yum, yum, yum. I've got an ice cream to eat. Well, that's another thing that I'll have to eat soon, or else it'll melt. So I better, better get real Owen Smith. <laughs> oh, the dramatic tension in this episode absolutely incredible Geraint do you want to introduce this episode while I'm eating ice cream yeah uh, I suppose so yeah. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> if, you, if you just want to make bad rustling sounds in the background right it'll be our, our lowest budget David Lynch rip off yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh on the cats like, I was going to say I'm nice and blazed as well but although I've been putting on a brave face and joking I'm actually like really pissed off because my dad is is he's got a new tent and so he's tonight he's sleeping out in the garden in the tent to like test it out which is going to make it difficult for me to bun zoots. Oh no. <laughs> Just that's a, that's a really unusual thing to be doing. It's such a strange yeah. thing. I told him that. I said this is a this is a, a ridiculous indulgence. <laughs> and Geraint said it's the most dad thing he's ever heard. <laughs> Breaking it in like a pair of trainers, you know? It's like such a fucking middle-aged man thing to do. That's going to lend an element of, like, drama. Just this just kind of simmering tension at the, <laughs> at the base of this episode. If we run out of things to say during the recording, we're just going to send you out in the garden to haunt him. <laughs> it's just, that's not going to work. It's not even dark yet, but that's... Not the point, is it really? And and you are his son, <laughs> so he'd probably recognise you pretty straight instantly. Oh, I, I'm a master of <laughs> a giveaway. <laughs> Look, do, um, doing the Welsh accent doesn't count. Doing the Gates <laughs> voice doesn't count. Hello. <laughs> doing doing the Macron voice might scare him, but in a slightly Mr. different Reed. way. <laughs> oh God, yeah, man, the Macron voice. He'd be like, "Oh, I'm a huge fan." No, nope, um, not the single barrel name. <laughs> opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are in the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right, to right wing. The hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation. Hard left wing position. Hard left, hard left, hard left. The hard left, the hard left, the hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left. The hard left, 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 and the air is acid rain There's war after war and rumors of war from the east There's a rumbling in the ground and they're talking about the beast Good mothers cry cause the river 
people say peace is on the way But the worst is still to come Cause the prophets wrote about it And Jesus spoke about it And John got to take a look And he told us what he saw And it's easy to see It's going by the book It's going by the book I'm eating my ice cream now So uh, that means yeah, that means it's time to introduce the episode. It's me, Geraint Wario Tifo, joined as ever by, by Jack, who normally does this bit, but is, is munching on an ice cream. Yeah. And we are joined today by a longtime friend of the show, Macat, Pete, who you can oh. also, if you don't already, you should follow him on Twitter at, uh, I'm just finding what your actual hat is because you've been banned so many times. Uh, <laughs> he, he is now at Tone Policing, or one word. <laughs> Hello. It's, it's really Welcome. good to have you here, McCats. It's really good to be on. Probably going to get some bookshelf chat done as well because that's, oh, that's yeah, the big thing to do now. And, and every- how, many, how many copies of Mein Kampf have you guys got? I've got all the editions personally. The original uh, not, the manuscript. I've got that on there, and it's it's all for research purposes. I, I did have you know? quite a collection, but I, I sold it to fund my collection of six hundred identical copies of What's Left by Nick Cohen. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, man, you really understand the Nazi ideology when you've read like the outtakes. It's like Bob Dylan's bootleg series. It puts his albums in new context. So from just reading over and over again all the different drafts of Mein Kampf, I would say I'm practically um, as good an anti-racist as Stephen Pollard. Yeah, wow, fuck, that's some competition. <laughs> Who, of course, owns a copy of The Bell Curve, as he revealed, voluntarily. Oh, stop, stop, I own The Bell Curve. What a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I think The Bell Curve owns you, mate. <laughs> Honestly, these people just reveal so much about themselves, barely even prompted. It's all about saying the quiet bit loud now, though. Mm. It feels like there's been a shift. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. They You're think right. they think particularly having got rid of Corbyn, they can just do whatever the fuck they like, and they're probably right. They probably will get away with it, the bastards. Yeah. What was I saying was the example of that? I mean, okay, somebody did at me to to clarify, to say, oh, this person is more of a kind of bitter 90s liberal than uh, like a cultural Marxism fascist type. Increasingly blurred lines, but yeah. There was this, I've noticed, I, I personally, I haven't read any of this author's stuff, but there's been a lot of backlash I've noticed against Sally Rooney recently I guess it's because yeah. it's an adaptation of one of her shows the big TV airing, series. One of her books yeah, yeah. airing at the moment yeah. yeah and so there was this article in The Guardian that spends just two paragraphs just railing at how she's a Marxist because yeah. like there's such there's such a preponderance of Marxist public figures in Britain at the moment I'm just sick of it everywhere you turn there's just yeah. like Marx is here, Marx is there. All the most beloved celebrity figures, Marxists like Rachel. All, Riley, all the other best-selling authors, yeah, Marxists a lot of yeah. them. Yeah, you know? <laughs> J.K. Um, Rowling. <coughs> yeah, huge Marxist. <laughs> all the academics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all, all the academics. All, well, all, all these Marxist. All these Marxist pole profs they have now. Well, the, the, you know, <laughs> the Marxist intellectuals are a very malign force in the world, as we know, no. with, with the, the cultural Marxism that they're bringing to our schools and universities. And yeah, I have to say that was my interpretation of these two paragraphs in this Guardian 
piece on Sally Rooney today. It looked like um, it was one of those ones that was sort of written attempting to be funny, sort of snide funny, you know, like a comedy. Oh, yeah. But all of those in The Guardian, they're so bad. They're so it unfunny wasn't as good and they're, as... always, they're always rooted through absolute shithouse politics, even by the standards of The Guardian and The Observer. <laughs> this wasn't as funny as like Marina Hyde and I don't even think it was as funny as like John Crace who at least in- inadvertently reveals his twisted fetishes in, in-, in the fucking headline <laughs> I mean at least John Crace has an amusing byline photo you know there's always that <laughs> yeah. for his articles <laughs> that makes his articles that's the funniest thing in there that makes them that bit funnier his wacky expression <laughs> his um, one expression that he has yeah. That's the only photo anyone's taken of him in 30 years. Is he a friend of Rental? <laughs> <laughs> a Rental's Renfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we are, so this is an article by Jessica Crispin. I was gonna, I thought I should. Who the fuck I should it? Cri- No. Jessica Crispin. No. Not, not having it. <laughs> you could just Perhaps reverse it I- and they could be Crispin Jessica, and that also could plausibly be a Guardian contributor. Not, <laughs> Jessica not, Crispin not. Blunt. <laughs> Perhaps what I was missing was the deeper meaning of the show, she writes. Maybe there's something there about Marxism. Rooney is a Marxist. Did you hear that hit Irish novelist Sally Rooney has Marxist politics? The author of Normal People and Conversations with Friends, she has Marxist leanings. I know Rooney is a Marxist because she brings it up in every single interview she has ever given. And apparently this isn't actually true and she doesn't really no. talk about being a Marxist that much at all. And no. this is the stunning denouement to this little part of the, this presumably shit article that I haven't actually read the rest of. <laughs> we get it, Sally. You went to an elite university. Elite universities are where Marxist transmission happens these days, after all. Marxist transmission, just like uh, our fucking laser like, beams. Like, like the shooting. coronavirus. How is it transmitted? <laughs> what's, what's the rate of transmission of Marxism? <laughs> Must be over one these days. And planting Marxist eggs into everyone. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like that guy, Free Spirited P, who was like, he, he was like a Twitter troll for the Tories, and he did this article. Centristad.com or whatever. The yeah, fuck he did. Free Spirited P. He did that article on Centristad.com where he's like, when Jeremy Corbyn said that the Labour Party was a new mainstream, that was fucking mind control. Like he w- he was trying to tell me what to think there by expressing his political opinions. So Marxist transmission, okay? Elite universities, you know. So you've got you've got the elite universities transmitting Marxism through the mind beams from the north. Yeah, for- and you've got the elite universities transmitting Marxism from the south. <laughs> Put together in the same cultural Marxism factory, and then it is mixed together, and it comes out as the regressive left. That's Nick Cohen's column for tomorrow sorted. But this could not be more like... Okay, so firstly, yes, this is in The Guardian, not spiked online. Secondly, remember when Angela Smith was, like, railing against left-wing intellectuals? This feels like that kind of thing. It's like, what, for clever people aren't complete selfish cunts? Nah, 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 because I'm I'm clever and I'm a complete selfish cunt. So these people, there's there's some kind of ulterior motive there. Um, yeah, they're either lying or they're actually thick. Because why else? Why yeah, else I mean, would you not be selfish? Yeah. Have the 
even been near a university anywhere. Oh. Like <laughs> the amount of university tutors that I've met who are just like straight up racist or whatever. If you think of like elite universities, even if you just know them through right, who's come out of those universities into public life. If you look at Oxford, Cambridge, the top Russell Group universities, there's not many Marxists as a percentage or as an absolute amount. It's all fucking right wing and centre right politicians columnists, fucking Paul yeah. Profs end up being right-wing academics. Obviously you do get leftists who go there, but they're essentially where the people that form the establishment learn to do it. Yeah. It's the exact opposite of hot, mm. and by most accounts Trinity, certainly in that era, was like a broad Irish equivalent of that. Well I'll get to that in a second because this is the conclusion to this paragraph. Saying I'm a Marxist is a more understated way of saying I went to Trinity. Somebody called Rory Casey tweeted, Lol, Trinity when Rooney was there was as un-Marxist a place as you could imagine. It had its own neoliberal financial paper. The chair of a debate society tried to give Victor Orban an award. <laughs> the, the, that's, for those not familiar with him, that's yeah. the far-right leader of Hungary. And, and the friend feminist, of Andrew Neil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Michael Gove, we'll get to yeah. that. The feminist society was named Gender Equality Sock to avoid criticism. Right? So this out, yeah, real hotbed of Marxism. Yeah. But yeah, it just reminded me of like when Angela Smith was banging on about left-wing intellectuals who glorified poverty or something. I don't know if this remotely applies to the author because I'd never heard of him until you mentioned him just now, but I think a lot of people propagating those sort of stereotypes. It's like people of a certain age and there might have been a grain of truth in it when they were at university. Usually <laughs> yeah. at, at the same elite universities mm. they're sniping at now. There might have been some sort of poser leftists who you kind of suspected they were going to sort of turn their back on it once their inheritance came in or, you know, the sort of the old stereotypes. And why learn if that's still the case? It was true then. Just go with it. You know, don't ever acknowledge any change in society between the one you grew up in and the one people are growing up in now. Mm. I think their generation's really sort of poisoned in its own way. In that for Generation X, there was nothing that could possibly be as embarrassing as giving a shit yep. about a thing. Yep. Like, like save the whales was like the funniest joke going. Like, anybody who cared about the environment was just like a punchline in a Simpsons episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is like why I have my eternal feud with John O'Farrelly, the author of Hack fucking politics book things can only get better and of course for sequel things can never get better uh, it, it is genuinely called something like that honest centrism at last you know basically because that whole book is and i addressed this on the uh, everyday analysis live stream the other day but that whole book is just like oh people on the left were like doing face painting and Morris dancing, so I have to vote for, if not Margaret Thatcher, then at the very least Neil Kinnock. Because, like, people, <laughs> oh, they're just so embarrassing, all these people. Don't encourage them, Jeremy. There's a real, like, hatred of any kind of, like, earnestness and sincerity from yes. that kind of generation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the ultimate mark of unseriousness and basically stupidity. Yeah, and again, there's a lot of it about because it's the same fucking hacks that were about in the 90s. They never go away. Yeah. I mean, Rentoul hasn't gone away for several... Uh -huh. Centuries. Yeah, <laughs> about, about the 790s, you know, is when, yeah, when he first I mean, popped up. 
anyone got like a cross and a steak and some garlic, then you know maybe that could be a possibility. But you're right, that's not an imminent one. The rental will be going anywhere. There's armies in the cities and the missiles stand ready for flight. A pale horse rides like the wind across the night And that rumbling in the desert like thunder getting closer Are the trumpets getting ready to blow There's gonna be a shout that will wake the dead We better be ready to go Cause the prophets wrote about it and Jesus spoke about it and John got to take a look and he told us what he saw and it's easy to see it's going by the book it's going by the book I brought up that article because it just felt like this kind of oh, bloody universities are just feeding people Marxism that's such a reactionary talking point, like boilerplate reactionary talking point. That's like William F. Buckley in the 70s in National Review style right-wing talking point. Perpetual spectator, spiked online talking point. And there it is, just popping up in The Guardian to rail a, a well-liked author um, for, for the crime of like being left-wing. And I thought that that was just remarkable, seeing that kind of trope pop up a day after basically the entire political establishment had been like, yeah, it's fucking great to have David Irving, <laughs> to have yeah. da- books by ho- convicted Holocaust denier and anti-Semite David Irving on your shelf, along with, I think, what else was on there? The Bell Curve. Yeah, and, uh, uh, Atlas Shrugged, of course, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, Atlas Shrugged Various right-wing, like, sort of moderate-level right-wing crankers. Yeah, pretty they much all, everything on there was bad. They all have a million fucking political biographies, just of prime ministers and, in particular, like, presidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at what point... What do they get out of reading, like, the fourth Bill Clinton biography or what have you? Exactly. You know? it's, what, it's, what, sorry, what it'll be where they regurgitate all the, like, articles from, uh, won't it? Yeah. We'll just sort of look up a particular page get, in, in Blair's book and then rent Hulu, have a quick wank and get some inspiration. And <laughs> get a couple go out of and find a pliant anecdote. Find, find a little anecdote yeah. that will make up a good quarter of his copy. Yeah, oh, Churchill once said this. And you've got a fucking six books full of hilarious witty comments Churchill once yeah, said. Yeah, it's never like the good shit about like presidents, like, you know, like how JFK was brought down by a vast right wing conspiracy. It's never that good shit. It's just, yeah. it's literally just like, it's like Henry Kissinger, the memoirs, volume 16, you know? <laughs> it's like a bookshelf what? full of people that are in the little black book, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> precisely. How did it even come about? Because it was like, it was uh, a whole thing. Right, like so, Sarah... yeah, so, so Gove was doing the daily government briefing, so he was on TV giving the speech. And she posted a photo of her TV, basically, like, oh, I'm watching TV, this is surreal, it's my husband giving a briefing to the nation. And oh, what? They, what they, your they, husband's a professional politician? Yeah, what? yeah, one of the most senior <laughs> ones for, like, the last decade or more, you know? But um, I thought he just wrote, like, Muslims are scum or whatever it's called, the, the classic book. Oh, no, that, that, that's... We've his, all got on our shelves. That's his passion project. 
<laughs> but aye, so there, there were like books in in shot there, and people were like taking the piss of it. And there'd been a, a lower level of discourse around it as well, because a lot of people are like appearing on the news from home because of social distancing, and like yeah. loads of journalists and politicians and that are like positioning themselves with their their bookshelf in the background and this sort of thing. You know, look look at me, I'm a clever and serious man. <laughs> and then Gove did it, and people were taking the piss. So she then posted like the chaos bookshelf, basically saying, "Go on, have at that, you ignorant lefties or something." And then within two minutes, like, "Yeah, all right, you've got the fucking bell curve in there. You've got a fucking the most famous Holocaust denier on the planet on there. All right, we, we will have at that, yeah." And then the next day, everyone defending her was like, "Oh, here's my bookshelf. I've got Stalin in there. What do you think of that?" And so on and so on and so on. They managed to turn, like, the moral of the story into, like, we have done nothing wrong, and, uh, by the way, Owen Jones is a cunt. Like, <laughs> they just somehow found a way that's to a bring it back to, every, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's Owen the point, was actually, like, it was when, when yeah. he took the piss about Irving that they were suddenly like, oh, hang on, you think David Irving's bad, do you? Right, let me show, you know... Yeah, they'll say anything of, to look, own Owen Jones above all else. All these, it's obsessive. All these right-wing pundits were just like, I think it might have been Aronovich, like, who was literally just like, yeah, I've Surely got a copy not. of Henry Ford's The International Jew. And people were all, <laughs> everyone was boasting about how they've got the protocols of the elders of Zion. And it's just like, do, do you need to like read that stuff to know that it's bollocks? You know, yeah. That's the thing about David Irving. It's just he's a completely yeah. discredited figure. Everyone yeah. Everyone knows that he's a, his place in the popular imaginary is that of a discredited figure. Yeah, it doesn't the have even recent... the, the historical weight of a Mein Kampf, does it? Because no. he's not as historical a figure. He is a historian who was discredited. And therefore, all it needs is for someone to have read his work to know it's bollocks and why. You don't have I... to have read it in full to be like, no, this guy's a discredited fraud and his views about the Holocaust are disgusting. Well, the last time that I think that there would have been a lot of talk about David Irving was probably when that film Denial came out, which mm-hmm. I thought was like a perfectly serviceable oh, drama yeah, yeah. written by David Hare and uh, Timothy Spall, I think, played Irving in that and was a great actor. So I think probably people would have remembered what a shithead that guy was. And that kept, film came out, what, like a year or two ago so yeah but now and and it's funny you can find some of the tweets from the same people who've been vigorously defending the right of people to own books by david irving one of them was just like it might have even even been like the chair of the holocaust educational trust was like there was a tweet from them about a year ago just like yeah ban amazon from selling david irving books yeah it's just like, well, so you didn't seem to think it was so important for people to have it yeah. back then. And they're all like, this is crazy now. This is George Orwell's Animal Farm. I just don't think, well, this is George Orwell's Brave New World or just something plainly wrong. <laughs> but they, like, they were... Tiny, <laughs> tiny train world. <laughs> they, they were all basically just talking about um, how, oh, this is Kafkaesque. They're like... Doing Corbin style yeah. mind control. Book burnings, is it? Yeah, exactly. They're like they're, they're they're policing our bookshelves. And people pointed out, well, Michael Gove himself is a vigorous supporter of the Prevent scheme, which actually involves considering people persons of interest on the basis of factors including the books they 
have upon their shelves. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like there, there that's, is actually that's a already government for policy, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's just they're doing it to Muslims. I mean, <laughs> not Michael Gove. Some of the people that were doing takes like that. Dan Hodges is the one that comes to mind that I saw earlier. People yeah. found an old tweet of his that was specifically along the lines of criticising the left for defending Jeremy Corbyn over claims of anti-Semitism. And he was saying, oh, he could be exposed as having snogged David Irving and you'd still defend him. <laughs> and yet today he spent all day like, oh, David Irving on the bookshelf. So what? You've got to read it to understand it, haven't you? You, you just literally haven't. By the way, Sarah Vine just shared an article by that same weird-looking guy who wrote the article about us. Oh, <laughs> legend. Which is actually, get this, a positive review of normal people. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, well, that's going to do more damage to Sally Rooney than any of the, the hit pieces that people have been doing on her. This is truly the banter timeline, man. I don't even know what to expect from anything anymore. Apart from I'll expect the British media to consistently have just zero standards and for political discourse in this country to just go back round to the right and do whatever the fuck they want and the left are scum, whatever they do. That's basically the editorial line of everyone from The Guardian upwards, you know? <laughs> Someone, I think it was Juliet Jakes yesterday, actually posted an audience satisfaction survey from a new statesman and was saying, look, why don't you tell them what you think of their coverage on trans issues and this sort of thing, you know? Uh, so I, I clicked through to it, and loads of other people were commenting the same in the Twitter thread about it. I clicked through to it. The first two questions on this new statesman reader survey was, what is your real name? What is your professional email address? <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of your manager? Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> what are your yeah. bank details? Where can we get you fired from if you slag us off in, in this survey too much? <laughs> I did think about writing in and just being like, yeah, you know, I thought it was good when Helen Lewis left, but on the other hand, I thought it was bad when you fucking demoted George Eaton for doing journalism. So, you know. <laughs> there was a section on there. It had about 30 writers listed on it. It's like, wh oh, which shit. regular contributors do you like? And I looked at it and I think there was maybe one I could tick or something. It didn't have George Eaton on it, right? What? But it still had Helen Lewis on it. These fucking traitors, man. These did, absolute turncoats. They sold did, their man um, down the river. Sorry. Did George get demoted for being mean to someone? Or for something? being yeah, mean well, to... Have I, have I missed some he, big... He, he bantered off... What's his name? Roger Scruton. Roger Scruton. So, so hard mm. that he died. Roger Scruton said all these dodgy things and George was accused by like a right-wing hate campaign of taking Scruton out of context. But I read the four quotes and they were dodgy as fuck, yeah. including the ones that George supposedly misquoted, mm. which were about Chinese people. Yeah. So fuck Roger Scruton. When he seemed to be proper putting an effort in with a role that suited him and doing good stuff, it's like... No, let's let's tread on him as soon as as soon as he criticizes anyone miles to our right. You know? uh, these days, <laughs> if you write for the New Statesman and you issue mild criticism of Roger Scruton, they arrest you <laughs> and throw you into prison. Well, pretty much, like because Jason. These... Yeah, it's it's not hypocrisy um, if you are not on the left. <laughs> basically that i think that's like the fundamental organizing principle of british society 
Which is like, look, if they're not on my left, just give them a break. Like, yeah, it may not be consistent with what they said before, but does giving them shit about that help destroy the left? No, it doesn't, does it? So just leave it. I think <laughs> that's basically like how they decide, for example, what stories are covered in the media, etc., etc. By by they, you know, I don't mean an organized conspiracy. Mm-hmm. I mean a loose conspiracy. Yeah. Just the establishment. The old, the old editorial nudge, and everyone else falls in line anyway, because that's how their career works, and that's how they've got ahead. You don't need to enforce it too much for it to, to carry on no one, when it's already well, exactly, in place. No one tells them what to think. No one need. No one needs to. They all think to. the same yeah, thing anyway. No one needs they? to. That's the thing. <laughs> Someone like Seth Payne, so long as he can string a few sentences together, he's got exactly the right politics. He's going to advance quickly, and he thinks it's purely down to his writing talent. If he if he had the exact same level of talent and drive and the same background and all these things but he was like a, a Benite or you know, a Corbynite more recently he'd be Benite said pain. He, so he, he'd be writing on medium I mean there'd be a lot that was different about him if he did have those politics because you know, if there's anyone you could identify at a glance exactly what they think about every major issue <laughs> I think I started talking about the bookcases because I'm just looking at Mike Gapes' bookshelf right now. Oh, the Gapes one um, was great. Has he got the milk He's jar? Got, um, <laughs> David Aronovich has been like, yeah, I've got Stalin on my bookshelf. What do you think of that, trots? And so on. And he's got, I match your Stalin and I raise you Melanie Phillips. And sure Fucking enough, hell. yeah, you know, he, he does have Londonistan by Melanie Phillips. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's, he was only reading that, to debunk it. That sounds like, like her, probably yeah. one of her so, more racist yes, books. Yeah. I assume, so do you want, I so assume do you want to hear the subtitle as well? London. I thought. Well, Sorry, go ahead. I thought what he was going to have was just going to be one of her like regular racist books about how Palestinians are subhuman, but mm. this sounds like you know this is more a change of out. setting because it's the full title is Londonistan: How Britain is Creating a Terror State Within. Um, and it's about three th- three books down from The Arabs, A History, which I'm sure is a, <laughs> a perfectly legitimate one. And a book just called Islam. So that that's clearly in his section of serious books on understanding. It's, it's right next to the essential Quran, which is... <laughs> seems, seems vaguely uh, vaguely offensive on, on some level there. And then a, a few books down from that, To Life, The Memoirs of Greville Janna. Please Google that, listeners. A guy, I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting Google, but he wasn't... Fa- a Victorian he, man, Victorian no, no, about... Gre- Greville Janner, he only died very recently. He'd been in court shortly before he died, but he wasn't found guilty of any charges, which is why I'm saying Google him. The book cover is white and not black, like you might expect, for example. White. Why globalisation works. <laughs> it's one that Gates has got... <laughs> That's like the proper. There was like that kind of shit was published like one of those books every day from like yeah. nineteen ninety two to about two thousand and eight. They're just just constantly trying to reassure themselves. Yeah, man, history's finished. Everything works so good right now. We are truly in the oh shit, what the economy's collapsed? Oh fuck, <laughs> this is the last thing we expected to happen. There's a book there, and I presume it's slightly obscured, and you can't see the whole thing because it just says on youth and um, <laughs> I, 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 with it being gapes i'm just presuming it means like and the secret of eternal youth yeah. 
he's, he's attempted it and not quite managed it, and now he's just like he's got like eternal in his early sixties. <laughs> that, 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 he's looked like that for a long time. I, I, like, yes. I like the beard. To be fair, I genuinely think the beard is a good look for him, and he, he genuinely looks a few years younger than he did for the last twenty years. <laughs> he looks like a, a sort of normal, nice, calm, retired or. Not not quite retired yet, Uncle. Whereas <laughs> is he not retired? Well, What's he's he de facto retired because he's not he's not winning a fucking seat anywhere again. But like for the probably he got elected in nineteen ninety two and he looked like a very slightly younger version of what he looked like in twenty nineteen. Probably from about nineteen ninety five onwards, he's just constantly looked about sixty years old. He's had the same hairstyle, the same the same look, the same. He's, he's been almost unchanging, and just having him with a beard, you're like, yeah. Oh what? man, yeah, there, there was that. It's like, like straight out of the X Files. This is there, great. There was that picture of him with his parents. <laughs> yeah. and his dad actually looked younger than he did. Eugene Victor <laughs> Gapes. <laughs> Eugene Victor Gapes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like when Gapes is someone's surname, it just instantly becomes funny. Yeah. <laughs> the whole name. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. He's got lots of books about Stalin and the Russians, which is very on yeah, brand. Obviously. There's like Russia, a history. Yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of your sort of entry level, you know, here's your, your basic starter book for this subject, and then you go and branch out from that. And it's, there's a lot of that about. You'd think. If you had a lot of time on your hands and you were obsessive about a particular subject, you'd read a bit deeper and wider on it. <laughs> no, but he's too busy tweeting. He's just, you know, oh, he's, he's, just like... he's addicted to the shit post, and and that's probably think... what he has most in common with anyone else that isn't Mike Gapes. So that... you think that just because Corbyn's not leader, Gapes is gonna stop like living his life around the organising principle of what's Corbyn said? Ah! Oh wow, <laughs> nah, yeah. So, so there we go. That's he's him. got a real attempt at balance here, right next to. Each other. He's got selected readings from the works of Mao Zedong right next to like the Nanking Massacre. So it's like the Chinese are they good or bad? Here's two books I can learn about it. You know, oh, he does that as well. Um, like he's got a load of books about Stalin, and then next to them, let history judge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. So that so anyway, I think that's probably enough time on Gapes's bookshelf. Yeah, that's but probably more time than he spent reading it recently. As for Patreon, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gapes and Corbin should start playing chess, like the sort of venerable old adversaries in yeah. a film. Yeah, do a podcast. Yeah, just the two of them, like they're just the yeah. old couple. Yeah, it's almost a bit of a trope having people like argue about the motherland while doing that, you know, and having like friendly arguments. But that they should do that, but just about like. Russia, exclusively Russia, Wouldn't despite be, neither of them yeah, having any. I don't any, think it would be friendly, though. No, no, but neither of them have any like really close actual connection with Russia, which is what makes it all the funniest that they, and particularly Gapes, would would care so much about it. Oh, I know. Should we look up that early day motion tabled by Mike Gapes about David Irving? Because it was very interesting to see Gapes pop up on the. Yeah, it's totally cool to own books by David Irving side. Oh, is this day. the one? Yeah, as he passed a motion, literally saying it's not okay to own books by David no, Irving. What, what, the, the specific, well, the specific motion is: it's an early day motion from April two thousand. That the motion is that this house congratulates Professor Deborah Lipstadt and Penguin Books on their victory in the David Irving libel case, welcomes the verdict of Mr. Justice Charles Gray and his opinion that Irving is a racist, anti-Semite, and Holocaust denier and believes that the result of this case proves that Irving is not a respectable outspoken historian, 
but a Hitler partisan who distorts history to fit in with his own preconceived ideology, which kind of implies that it's not something that's worth like, oh, let's read it to see what the the opposing view thinks. It's pretty. Wait, clear. hang on. No, I think I think this is a uh, false news. This thing because it says it's tabled by uh, Diane Abbott, who is okay. in favour no, of the, the, the one the one I've got here was was primary Mike Gapes. So he started it, and Diane Abbott was the uh, first, yeah, the first right. supporter. Yes, so in fact, she was the mm. first supporter that wasn't Mike Gapes. No, I, I, yeah, sorry, I, I was yeah. just making a joke. But yeah, she's listed directly after mm. Gapes. Jeremy uh, Corbyn Jeremy is a Corbyn signatory. Yeah. Like, no, that's see, this is obviously someone's hacked the early day motions section of Parliament.uk, man, because Corbyn would never sign something like this yeah his bookshelf's probably all david irving it probably is yeah yeah who else have they got mcdonald john yeah i see i don't again i don't think that guy would have anything to do with something like this glenda jackson i mean no because like she's a racist she's a member of the labor party yeah uh, her, her own her own her son, son says so you know <laughs> <laughs> there's literally three conservatives on here and one of them is John. One of them is John Burko, who they all hate. Yeah. and think he's some sort of left-wing extremist. Who himself is Jewish, yeah. and so probably is is more attuned to yeah. issues of anti-Semitism than many conservatives. Incidentally, mm. also, who has said he doesn't think Jeremy Corbyn's an anti-Semite, possibly because he's known him for many, many years and signed lots of early day motions like this one yeah. with him. Probably discussed <laughs> issues of anti-Semitism with yeah. Jeremy Corbyn. As one person who's always campaigned against racism and one who had a very high profile conversion from from being a racist to to now seeming quite committed against it. But this does actually suggest that Gapes went around to get signatures for this and he went to Jeremy Corbyn and said, Hi, hi Jeremy, uh, would you sign my uh, motion co- condemning anti-Semitism? And Corbyn was like, absolutely, Mike, here you go. And then <laughs> all these years later, Gapes is like, I, I can see the hate in his heart. This man is an anti-Semite <laughs> to his bones. Anyway, we need the experience and commitment of Ken Livingston. We need the experience and the commitment of Ken Livingstone, and I would like to introduce Ken to you now. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Thank you very much, Mike. It's just, it's just like people like Gapes, because you see Gapes' tweets for the last couple of years, and it is actually full on. Corbyn is a terrible man. He is personally an anti-Semite. They've just whipped themselves into this mania. None of them thought this in 2015, let alone uh, 2000. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it's hard to walk back from that, though, isn't it? Like they've worked themselves up to this point to sort of achieve their goal of like making them lose an election, make them step down as leader, and that's happened now. And like, like where where does a man like Gapes go from there? Yeah. He's one, he's one, but at what cost? You know? <laughs> yeah, well, he he basically put himself forward as like a sacrificial lamb to like enable Keir Starmer <laughs> to become leader. A sacrificial calf. Well, precisely. There was an article that was like, Change UK, a year on. And they were all like, no, I don't regret doing it because Jeremy Corbyn didn't become Prime Minister. I'm like, well, what about the guy who did? Now, that's cool. So uh, I've, gone down, <laughs> I've gone down a hole here of looking at all Mike Gapes's, all the early day motions he signed when he was first in Parliament in the 90s. I've got one here that calls about extending protections to dolphins and porpoises. <laughs> some, some niche issues, yeah. 
<laughs> but just going back to the David Irving libel case motion there. So I think what we can get from that is that Irving, it, it says that Irving is a racist, anti-Semite and Holocaust denier. And he is not a respectable, outspoken historian, but a Hitler partisan who distorts history to fit in with his own preconceived ideology. Right, so does that sound to you like a guy whose thoughts are needed in the conversation? Who's bringing something uh, to no. the table? No, I don't think so either. No, it's like, what's to be gained from close study of an extremist like that once we know he's an extremist like that stop the extremism i mean unless you're specifically studying holocaust denial if, yeah what purpose could remotely engaging with that even serve i mean i mean what like you've only got a finite amount of time on this yeah. planet what's the point of like reading tons of stuff that you disagree with anyway even if it's not unpalatable nazi yeah. shite spend a few days what? reading what everyone says is unpalatable nazi shite oh yeah they're right it is unpalatable nazi shite <laughs> one week well, closer saw, today i saw more than one person tweet well actually i did study the holocaust and nowhere on our course did they say yeah, read all of David Irving's stuff. They're much more likely, in fact, a scholar of the Holocaust is much more likely to recommend you read an academic study of Holocaust denial than just read Holocaust denial. There we go, Marxist academia shutting down free speech again. Oh, I know. Yeah, you've got to have it filtered through the biased cultural Marxist outlook of somebody who believes the Holocaust was real. You can't just get it straight from the, the horse's mouth, the horse being David Irving or some similar charlatan. It's just an absolute, <laughs> yeah. just like, I mean, Ian Austin was slagging off Owen Jones and implicitly defending Holocaust denial. I mean, maybe we don't need to hear this, but, but <laughs> I actually found online somewhere David Irving like wrote a little like blog thing slagging off Gapes and saying that Gapes is Jewish, <laughs> which he's not. But yeah, well, maybe we don't need to hear, no, maybe we don't need to start reading out David Irving to um to, to prove that he's bad which is the whole point of our discussion but we don't need to do that I say but I think it's just kind of remarkable how Gapes instantly joined with that side of the argument despite literally this being on his record playing for anyone to see playing for anyone to see that Corbyn and Diane Abbott and John McDonnell all signed it <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay Let's wrap up on this. Yeah. Is it disgrace? Hello. People often ask me what I do during the commercial breaks to kind of hone my argumentative techniques, make sure I've got all my facts in line and ensure that all the sort of racists and Brexiteers queuing up to get dismantled on air will end up going away with the kicking they so richly deserve. Well, the short answer is that every now and then I like to pick up an excellent book that contains everything you need to know about winning arguments like the ones I have every day. Shut up, will you, stupid cunt? James O'Brien has announced a new <laughs> book called How Not To Be Wrong, The Art Of Changing Your Mind. I don't know what they mean about well, the difficult second well, book. He's, he's nailed it there, completely different. from the... His first book was just called How To Be Right, wasn't it? Yeah. And this is called How, How Not, not to, to Be, be Wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> they've signed him to a famously never been wrong about they've probably anything. signed him to like a three book deal or something and they're like deeply regretting it right now like oh what, like what's your new looks... idea james what have you brought us after a, you know a year or so after your big hit book how to sometimes well, be wrong and sometimes be it's right like when rednecks had a big hit with cotton eye joe and it was a massive hit worldwide and then a couple of months later it's like oh what are they going to do with the follow-up single rednecks pioneers this will be wild and it was a song called Old Pop in an Oak, which was exactly the same, but they sang the words Old Pop in an Oak instead of Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> well, well, of course, those of us, uh, you know, educated members of society, <laughs> but the, the serious people are all very, very well aware that, that, that after um, F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote his uh, famous opus, The Great Gatsby, he uh, then submitted to his publishers his follow-up, The Gatsby Who Is Great. <laughs> 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 Followed eventually by uh, Gatsby, not not great. Gatsby, the, the third in the series. Gatsby, a great bunch of lads. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the art of changing your mind. Basically, just another book, how to be a complete cunt. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's all. That's the only possible advice James O'Brien could have for anything. It says, where how to be right used callers to my radio show as lenses through which to examine and hopefully reverse wrongness. This book uses me, my life and experiences to do the same. Oh I will draw oh. on my wisest callers and encounters with prominent people from a wide range of fields to work out why it seems harder than ever to admit to being wrong and how we might go about making it easier for each other and ourselves. I mean, why why not Fucking just admit hell. that you basically want a nice little extra payday from your regular listeners and Twitter followers come Christmas time when the book's on the market? <laughs> if, if you're going to stoop that low, Patreon in the bio, by the way, folks. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think I think to be fair, sometimes the difficult follow-up surpasses the original work, such as Herman Melville's famous uh, follow-up novel, Dick, comma Moby. It's self-aggrandizing, isn't it? Yeah, it is incredibly self-aggrandizing, yeah. as you say, Pete. It's like he's got, it's, it's, he's just got this. It's the centrist <laughs> version of Ben Shapiro and all these people like destroys yeah. idiot liberal. It's the same weird little cult. This guy is vaguely competent at arguing in a setting where he controls exactly who's allowed on to speak and what they're allowed to say. Mm. Let's venerate yeah. him. Let's get him book deals. Let's have his clips go viral. Let's make a film that's about him but not about him with Eddie Marsan in. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to read the memoirs of, of that character, written from prison. <laughs> I'd just like to read the memoirs of Eddie Marsan. Like, it would be... Yeah, On the face so of it, boring, but it would be a really angry, centrist version of Alan Partridge. Like, the, mm. the same tone, but he'd, he'd be trying to make deep points. I'd love an Eddie Marson memoir because it would, like, have all the anecdotes of, like, I met Scorsese and he was nice and said I was a good actor. And then it would have just all this vicious stuff about, like, oh, the left, they're such pieces of shit. And it would be, like, oscillating wildly between, like, oh wow Eddie's really going off about Corbin here and then like oh man he's uh, he's met another director I like that's kind of cool <laughs> like, it would just be like such a roller coaster yeah. of a reading experience you, I hope he does it do you want to know what I want to see I want to see a, a fly on the wall documentary like a video diary of Francis Barber in lockdown <laughs> it'd be like it, know, it could be man. like essentially like a really soup. sort of cartoon parody of like a Nigella Lawson show where it's like a cookery show with her life around it sort of thing 
but it's just, just, just drinking heavily, cooking, <laughs> cooking, cooking soup with no liquid in it, you know, and, and just all these yeah. disastrous recipes, and then drinking heavily again to numb the pain. Occasionally, I just, just like what... being racist or, or calling Owen Jones a cunt on Twitter. Yeah, there must be some alcoholic somewhere who's fun to watch. <laughs> some you know not everyone's gonna be like that fucking boring johnny depp film the rum diaries which is just like oh i hate i hate alcohol that film probably made me stop drinking no it, it didn't literally but it was just so boring you know the the, depicted in it. you know the biz, the biz cartoon like the drunken bakers yeah, yeah that's yeah. basically like how i imagine francis barber's life really just all these yeah. sort of really weird little bleak anecdotes but then she knows that she goes online and calls owen jones a cunt again there's like 3,000 centrists that think she's great.
never gonna see so pop in a smoke. It's tech, it's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.